Turn with me to John's Gospel. John's Gospel, <coughs> chapter 8. You know, there's a strange thing. You can tell when someone's at rest. You can tell when they're not at rest. Got to be peace. God intended us to have peace. Got to minister from rest. Don't like agitation. Like peace. Always tell who's who. It's what you are that comes out. Doesn't matter what you do. You can't hide what you are. That's a glorious thing about uh, being a Christian. Uh, there's no such thing as an individualist in a Christian life. Uh, there's people with different gifts, but uh, either you're a team player or you're not in Christ. And I thought I'd just talk about it um, today because, um, well, I just thought I'd talk about it. <laughs> well, I'm going to talk about it today. Team player. team player. See, we all have one purpose, to glorify Him, don't we? Amen? Now, we can only glorify Him, the Bible says in 1 John, as He is, so are we in this world. It doesn't say as He is, so am I. A lot of people think that, but they've got a wrong idea. Um, there's a corporate expression of Christ in the earth. And you need to be part of that corporate expression. You can't be an individual on your own. Someone came recently and said, well, I, I, you know, I worship at home. Don't kid me. It says, forsake not the gathering of yourselves together as the manner of some is. You have to be part of the whole. If you're not part of the whole, you're out. You're outside of God. That's it. If you turn, John, if you're there, John's Gospel, chapter 8. Well, we'll take this. Jesus uh, went unto the Mount of Olives, and early in the morning he came again into the temple, and all the people came unto him, and he sat down and taught them. Uh, Jesus was always teaching. When he gets in the temple, the only thing he wants to do is teach people. Now, why concentrate on teaching? Because people need to learn. Isn't that right? Because the whole of your life is governed by what you believe. You need to learn. You need to know. And so often, the last thing people do is teach. They love to sing songs, jump around, uh, worship ad nauseum. Uh, you know, I don't like that. As far as I'm concerned, most important thing is you know what God says. Amen? Uh, you can get excited about it without becoming an emotional freak, can't you? Hello? Hello? Anyone out there? 
You can get excited without becoming an emotional freak, can't you? Huh? Emotionalism isn't Christianity. And so often, uh, what has come in, in the, this modern day and age is emotionalism instead of the fact, hey, I've got to do what God says. Very simple. Obedience. Obedience is better than sacrifice, isn't it? Disobedience is as the sin of witchcraft. To be a witch, all you have to do is disobey. Jesus came, John 8, verse 12. Uh, well, let, let's, no, let's just talk about um, And the scribes and the Pharisees brought unto him a woman taking an adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. But what sayest thou? Nice of them, isn't it? Uh, I always like to guide people back to two facts in this story. One is, how did they know where to catch this woman in the very act? How did they know she was in the very act? And where was the man who was with her? Well, that, that's important, isn't it? <clears throat> they knew because they had visited her. And now, this they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground, as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said unto them, He that is without sin among you, let him cast a, uh, a stone at him. And again he stooped down and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience and the names that he was probably writing in the sand, <laughs> probably listing them out from the oldest down. I don't know what he was writing wouldn't surprise me though went out one by one beginning at the eldest I, that, young men are always brash the older ones they're, they're more prepared to admit it first well that's the theory uh, that's what it says doesn't it hmm Even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto him, Woman, where are, that, are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And he said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. Then spake Jesus again unto them, saying, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Uh, one thing that a person who's a Christian does is he doesn't walk in darkness. He has the light of life. Darkness is wrong. Darkness speaks of evil, doesn't it? 
Huh? You know, light is something that's healthy. Light is something that's good. Um, Jesus said this, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And he said, I'm the light of life. One of the ways you know someone who's walking in God is that he's light, not dark. I don't like it when people are secretive. We walk in openness, with open face, beholding the Lord. I don't like it when, when there's mystery around. I, I like it when you meet a person, what you see is what you get. That's what I like. I like a person to be up front, none of this kind of hidden agenda, none of this kind of speaking out of one side of the mouth and then the other. I like it when you meet a person, what you see is what you get. I feel comfortable with that type of person. It's called light. You know, when Jesus comes, darkness goes and light comes in a soul. When the light comes on, you don't hide. There's nowhere to hide in light, is there? Hmm? But when it's all shadowy and dark, you hide, don't you? Hello? Now this woman was brought to the light, wasn't she? People knew where she was in darkness, they brought her to the light. And then Jesus starts talking about light, and he said he's the light of life. There's a wonderful thing when a person's life is full of light. When there's no kind of dark, sinister turnings. When there's just an openness. That's lovely. Uh, and those type of people are uh, a type of people I like to be around. You can feel secure with someone that's open. I don't feel secure with people that aren't. I want to know. Don't like living with mystery. I don't like that. If it's Christmas time, I like to know what my presents are <laughs> before the day arrives. I, I'm not one of the, I don't like secrets. Secrets are for darkness. You notice your wife tries to hide up your present. I find it. Check. I don't like surprises. Don't like it. It's not part of God. God's never like that. Light. Light of life. Openness. It's nice when you can be open-faced with people, isn't it? Hello? In business, a yes is a yes, a no is a no. That's it. No edge. In church, yes is yes, no is no. No secrets. Openness, light, honesty, integrity, truth. No whispering in corners. Don't like that. To me, light is what it's all about. And Jesus is the light of life. Hey, when, when this woman was pulled out, he, he starts asking them a few questions. Questions got a bit near the knuckle, so they all departed, starting at the eldest. He was off. Why was he off? Because his deeds were evil. 
You ever wondered, why, why didn't they bring the man? Penalty was the same, wasn't it? Well, why the woman? I know that, you know, there are lots of excuses, but basically, why? Because they're darkness. And Jesus exposed it. That's why he starts off saying, I'm the light of life. He wants to expose darkness. Do you know the first thing light does when it gets anywhere is expose the darkness. The light has a way of turning on everything and exposing darkness. When you turn on a light, if someone's hiding in the darkness and the light suddenly comes on, hey, nowhere to hide, is there? Hmm? If you have one of those security lights and someone's walking around, prowling around your house and suddenly bright lights come on everywhere, they're caught and they run for it. Thieves like darkness, don't they? Hmm? Thieves break through to steal, uh, but they like to do it in darkness, hidden. And that's the same in people's lives. People, you know, when they want to steal something, they like the cover of darkness to hide. But our Lord is the light of life. John 14. John 14. Remember it's the... He tells them about his death and then he goes on and says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. That's what I like. I don't like the modern translation. When I get to heaven, I've got a mansion. You know, these modern translations that want to put it down to a little tin hut, not a house. I've got a mansion. Glory to God. And it's got my name on it already. Michael's mansion. You always know it, it'll be one of the biggest. <laughs> well, according to your faith, be it unto you. If you want a small one, I like room, don't you? Uh, you know, this, this is a country where, where the planners want to constrict you, want to make everything small. God gave us a big world, didn't he? Hmm? Our God's a big God. People want to push you in a little area. God says, no. The earth's the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen? Uh, and I'm a son of the king of kings. I like space. In my father's house are many mansions. Glory to God. I like that, don't you? It says I go to prepare a place. I don't want to talk about that. Um, but it's nice every time I think of it. When I get to heaven, I tell you, it's going to be fun. It's going to be such Heaven's fun. If you're one of these people that thinks you're going to sit on a cloud twanging a harp, I'm telling you, you're wrong. It's going to be plenty to do. And if you're one of these that thinks the only thing in heaven is going to be golf courses, I've got news for you. There won't be. Uh, but 
Well, there'll be a special one outside my mansion, of course. <laughs> <right. laughs> Look down in verse 6. Jesus said unto them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Jesus declared who he was. He made it very plain to everyone. He's the light of life, and now he's saying he's the way, the truth, and the life. The truth is a reality. He is the reality. There's no reality outside of Christ. There's no other hope. There's no other way to get to Father. There's no other way to approach God but through Jesus Christ. There's no other religion on earth that is worshipping the true living God. Don't believe it. You can only come through Jesus. That's what the book says. You can't get to the Father any other way. I happen to believe it. I believe Jesus was right, don't you? And he says, I'm the way, the reality, and the life. And that is what is so important. But you see, if it's the light of life, then I want to tell you, you've got to come to light. Now, if your deeds are evil and your life's wrong, you won't come to light. You'll hide. And people hide away. The biggest problem with people is they hide from the truth. They, they, there's things in their life they're ashamed of, so they hide. They're like Adam and Eve, you remember, in the garden. They went and hid themselves for shame. They went and sold fig leaves. And as I've said so many times, when Jesus came and he saw the fig tree, he cursed it and it withered up. So there are no fig leaves left that'll cover you. Not in the new covenant, they were in the old. And there's so many people there hiding. But you don't have to hide from God because Jesus, before he said he was the light of life, he said, woman, I don't condemn you. I haven't come to do that. I have not come to, to curse you. I haven't come to accuse you. I've come to tell you. Hey, you can go. You can go into freedom. You don't have to live wrong. You can live right. You don't have to go the wrong way. You can go the right way. And that's what's so important. The, the trouble is with individuals, they hide from God, the one source of help in life. They're ashamed, so they hide away because some stupid preacher condemns them. Tells them, oh, God's angry with you. God's this, God's that. Hellfire preaching. And they don't point out, hey, Jesus isn't angry. There's no fury in him. He loves you. He hadn't come to condemn you. He came to save you. Hasn't come to cast you off. He's come to bring you in. Hadn't come to accuse. He's come to forgive. I don't think it ever helps anyone to kind of keep telling them, oh, God's against this, God's against that. 
You know, God's not against life, he's for life. He's the light of life. God wants you to be happy. That's why Jesus said, my joy I'm going to leave with you. He doesn't intend us to be miserable. It's a great life being a Christian. Uh, and I don't ever feel that God somehow is re rejecting anyone. He doesn't reject us. We reject him. We choose not to open ourselves to him. We choose not to come to the light. But the light of life's there. Jesus said, look, I'm the way. Truth and the life. There is no, no condemnation. There are no um, accusation. Jesus hadn't come to accuse you. When everyone was accusing this woman, Jesus wrote in the sand. Have you ever wondered what he was writing? I, I have. I've often wondered. Well, when I get to heaven, I'm going to say, hey, what you write in that sand? Was it their names? And he'll say, yes, yeah, son. Welcome. I, I'm not saying, there's no doctrine in that. Don't get that, don't say, you know, oh, the bishop said it was, you know, it was in there. But I'm just saying, I bet it was. But I'll ask him when I get there. And if I'm wrong, I won't tell you I was wrong. <laughs> I'll remind you of that. You can ask him yourself. He says, I'm life, life. John 10, verse 10. Look at this. The thief verse 10 cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly I'm the good shepherd the good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep now there's two types of people uh, and when you meet them there's only two types of people in the earth there's a thief and there's a child of God there are only two types of people. There's people in the kingdom of darkness and there's the people who have been translated in the kingdom of his dear son. You're one or the other. You, you're not both. I mean, when you're born, you're born. You don't go from minus uh, gradually coming out of sin. Either you're born into new life or you're not. Simple as this. Stand up, Cole. Oh, this man, specimen, what a specimen. What a specimen, this, this guy. Show me. Unimpressive. Um, here's this man here. I want to show you. Here, stand up, Pete. Here's this man here. Right. Now, yeah, well, he was degenerating. Um, If someone's a sinner, they're a sinner. Dead. No fish on the back of the car. 
A sin is a sinner. Now, when a sinner is born again, he becomes a child of God. There's a great gulf between the two. It's kind of here. If you want to know, the zero place is the place of death. Death of self. The zero place is a meeting at Calvary. The zero place. Now you can't be a, a, a true child of God if you haven't had a nature change. And if you've had a nature change, I want to tell you what's happening. You've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. And if you're in the kingdom of darkness, you certainly aren't a child of God. You're not converted. You might acquiesce to truth, but God's never done anything in you. But when the Spirit of Christ comes, hey, there's a change. You can't ever live in darkness when light comes. And you choose light. The thing is, you get translated over, and it's that clear. And you're in life. I find so many people who say, oh, well, yeah, but it takes time. You come in gradually. No, you don't. You don't have a woman. She, she spends nine months with her belly blowing up. Of the nine months, you don't spend the next year trying to get it out and say, well, you know, well, the head's come out now. We've got another couple of weeks before we get the body out. What's wrong with you? Didn't know you could remember that far back. Oh. I mean, when the baby comes out into the world and is born, what happens? What's the first thing that happens? Hmm? Breath. And the whole color of the child changes. Immediately breath comes in and life. Now that baby is disconnected from the womb. There's no sense in which that baby is part of the mother anymore. There's a, a, a cutting off, isn't there? And the placenta, it's no use anymore. Can't feed that child anymore. There's individual life. And I want to tell you, when you're born of God, you're not part of the kingdom of darkness. You're out. You're part of the kingdom of light. And Jesus is the light of life. Don't ever get this notion that it's right to believe you can be part, you know, well, I've still got my old man. If you've still got your old man, and I'm not talking about your husbands, you women. <laughs> you've still got your old nature, your old ways. You're not a Christian. You haven't been born. Because when you're born, you're born free. You're not born in bondage. Don't ever let anyone tell you you are. If you're born from above, you're a new creation. All things are passed away. All things become new. And all things are of God. Your life is abundant. And either you're in it or you're not. Don't ever, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, it's a gradual process. Well, I tell you, I've, I, I've been at the, well, I was at the birth of all three of my children. And it wasn't gradual. 
It wasn't gradual. I tell you, it never hurt me at all. <laughs> it was lovely to see them breathe. Change like a little bit of litmus paper. Breath counts. Life. Never go back. They can't go back in the mother's womb. They're born. That's what life is. Uh, and Jesus wants to make it plain to all of us. Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. But boy, when you're born, you're translated by God into his kingdom. It's not of the will of man, nor of the will of the flesh. It's God who does it. And you become a partaker of a divine nature. Everything changes. Now either it's real or it isn't. And, and the reason you get enemies of the cross and people who work in darkness, I'll tell you, they're not born, they're not children of God, they're children of the devil. They come to kill and destroy and steal. They rob you of your life, if they could. There's some people with a gift of destruction. God came and he's come to give us life. Amen? Now you understand what I'm saying? Colin was here in the kingdom of darkness. They couldn't be in the kingdom of light. You can't. You're translated. When you get translated, that means you are removed from one and put in the other. When I became a Christian, it was so dramatic. I want to tell you, Christianity um, isn't a, a slow process. There might be a lot of times where God speaks to you, but there comes a time when the confrontation comes. Comes a time when you have to face up to truth. There comes a time when birth and life comes. Whoom! You're alive. And that is so important to understand. Now, if you're one of those who doesn't know, you're dead. That's it. Because when you're alive, you know you're alive. I love what Spurgeon said. He said, if a man's born of the Holy Ghost, it's like a man who's had an electric shock. You know when you've had an electric shock, don't you? How many have had an electric shock in their life? You shouldn't have put your finger in the hole silly people but if you get one and it belts you up the arm and you jump back you know and he said it's like that when the Holy Ghost comes you can't mistake an encounter with God Boom. that's the truth you can't I find a lot of people they they need an electric shock to get their heart going nothing in them go on you can sit down doing well for an old man. You know, Colin came to the new people's in shorts yesterday. Half the new people wanted to go home. They couldn't eat their lunch looking at his legs. Thought it was, <laughs> well, no. That's what happens when you play for Fulham. He used to play football for Fulham. I mean, can you believe it? I, they were a terrible team in those days, weren't they, Colin? Couldn't believe it turning up in shorts. Could you, Kevin? Turn up. <laughs> <laughs> he used to play right back. 
Yeah. Colin used to play right back at Fulham. Right back in the changing room. <laughs> right back in the changing room. That's cruel. Oh, Colin, you were good. It, it is your friend, isn't it? Dear, oh dear. You know, that's one good thing about people who are Christians. You can laugh and you can joke and you can tease and you're in light and there's no edge to it. That's one trouble with people that aren't Christian. Mm, how could someone say something like that to me? That upset me. I can't believe anyone. Those aren't Christians. People get if you can't if you can't take a bit of fun, you're not a Christian. John chapter one. Chapter one. John chapter one. Talking of Christians, I, I, I love it, this, John, John's Gospel, chapter 1. I want you all to read it, verse 16, good authorised version. And of his fullness... We have received of his fullness. Glory to God. We haven't received a little... Uh, touch, we've received fullness. There is no sense in which a Christian who's really come to God and God's really met them uh, receives a little. You receive his fullness. God is God. I hate it the way they, they put over as though the Holy Spirit is liquid that kind of filters in and filters out. You know, oh well, you're a leaky vessel. Don't be stupid. That can't be right, because the Holy Spirit, he's a person. And he doesn't leak out. When he comes and he fills you, you receive fullness. It's a totally wrong concept, and they, they dream it up. Tell you, oh no, you know... Um, You've got, to, you've got to keep drinking. Keep, hey, when God comes in, God comes in. Holy Ghost meets you, and you, you have an overflowing life. The overflowing life is the joy, the vibrancy that you have within you. This treasure that you have in an earthen vessel, the glory of it's of God. And it reflects and it flows out because everywhere you go and everyone you touch, they meet the living God. It, it's in you. It's not some, uh, you know, well, I'm just, I've just got a little drop of God. Here's my cup, Lord. I lift it up, Lord. It's not like that. I've got a river of life. And that river of life is a personal Holy Ghost. You see, what flows is life. And life begets life. That's why he's called the light of life. We've got light bulbs. Look at this. There's that bright light bulb up there. Goodness me. It's dazzling. If you, if you stare into it, it's dazzling. 
you end up with spots before your eyes. If you stare up there. Now, that light bulb is letting light out, isn't it? That light's overflowing, isn't it? It's coming out of the light bulb. Has the light bulb overflowed? Well, is the light bulb running round on the ground? What's running round on the ground? Light. Well, the light's emanating from the light bulb, but the light bulb is showing forth the light, isn't it? You see, it's flooding the area, but, but it, it hasn't changed. And that's how it is when the Holy Ghost comes in, the light shows forth out of an earthen vessel, but the, 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 the person of God within you, he doesn't flow out. His glory is seen. His reflection is seen. His power and life is seen. But he, he's not flowing out of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? That when we turn off that light, we turn it on the next side, the light bulb's still the same. Hmm? Is that clear? So God in you, the reflection, people will see the light because you've received the light of life. And that life you have has light. And it will show up and manifest darkness. And people can enter into light. And enter into light. But the life you have isn't flowing out. It's the person of God. He lives in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Do you understand what I'm saying? So many people have this concept. They don't understand what light is. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. But he didn't kind of melt down, did he? That's the horror films, isn't it? People melting down and changing shape. I hope you don't go and see that rubbish. I've seen trailers of it. Enough to frighten you spitless. That's terrible. I can't understand anyone who want to go to a horror film. I wouldn't. Goodness me. Light is wonderful. And Jesus is light. And when he walked on the earth, he was light. He said, I'm the light of life. His light shone forth, but he was his person. It was contained within an earthen vessel. And when God meets you, that light is there, it's real. It flows out, but it's contained in an earthen vessel. When a Holy Ghost comes and fills you, contained in an earthen vessel. Light. All right? Are you understanding what I'm saying? Don't ever let your mind get the false concepts. So that's why you need teaching. Jesus was always teaching people. He wanted them to understand. In Acts chapter 4. We looked at this, um, these verses just recently. Acts chapter 4, verse 10. Look at this. It says this. Um, Be it known unto you all, unto all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, 
whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole. This is a stone which was set at naught of you builders, which is become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other. Look, salvation only comes by Christ. There's no salvation in any other. Jesus, only name. No other salvation. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. There's no hope in any other. Now do understand that the, one of the qualities of that reality of life is light. Jesus said, I'm the light of life. What a church needs, what any place needs, is where the brethren dwell together in unity, there the Lord hath commanded blessing. Life, light, um, unity, openness. See, sin has to use darkness to cover it. That, it, it's works of darkness. But light is to do with life. No hiding place. No when there's light there. Nowhere to hide. That's what we're about. And there's no other name. You can't come into salvation some other way. No other name under heaven. Isn't that wonderful? You know, the, the church is a wonderful thing because it takes away any idea that there's salvation in any other, any other way, any other name. There isn't. It's just one. That's what I love about it. And it's very plain. You can't hide. Hey, you can't hide. Light, light. Your face shows what's in you. I just need to look at a person's face. You, you get in an atmosphere where God is and you can tell who's lifed and who isn't. Shows on their face. You can't hide it. It's there. You can see the darkness there too. That's why um, James talks about spots in the feast. You know, you can see you. you just see it, yeah. Don't need discernment. People think you can hide it with a mask. You can't, you know. You can smile, but your face shows what you are. That's what's so wonderful about it. That's why it's so easy. That's why we all with open face behold the glory of the Lord, see? I, I look for open face. That's why I always worry when women have got fringes down the front and kind of hair all want to hide themselves. That's why I don't like beards. I like clean face. No, I don't know. Some people, head down. Have you noticed that some people, you talk to them, they won't look you in the eye. 
when they're talking to you, kind of trying to catch their eye, you know. They're, they're always, their eyes are off. That's why I don't mind when people, that guy who wrote in the other day, who had that miracle of healing, read the letter out on Friday. It was lovely. He said, I looked at him. You bet I did. I eyeball people. I, 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 you know, I intend to look at you. If you're worried that I'm looking at you, I am. I'll eyeball you. I'm not looking at your navel. See? The eyes are the window of your soul. Not much hidden. Huh. That's why church is a lovely place. Because if you've got nothing to hide and if you're open before God, hey, that's wonderful. If you're there and you're sitting and you're kind of all wanting to hide and secret, what's wrong with your life? That's what we're about. Light of life. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's lovely when you've got people who are open, isn't it? Sit down with them, laugh, joke, have fun, celebrate, see miracles, and it's just great. And then there's the other group, you get in and it's all dark. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at this. Ephesians 1. Huh. I want to tell you, you've got everything. Do you remember verse 3? What does it say? Blessed. <laughs> Blessed be what? Who hath blessed us? All spiritual blessings. Glory to God. It's happened. If you're seeking something, you haven't got a new birth experience. You've been blessed with all spiritual blessings. I believe it. Look, at, look in Philippians to see it's right throughout Scripture. In Philippians 4. What does it say in Philippians 4 verse 19? My God shall supply what? All your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Amen? All your needs, my God is the supplier. Is that right? All of them. I find some people, God only supplies a bit. I say, God meets me here but not there. No, all. All, all supplied, is an all supplying God. John 6, go back to John 6. Verse 63, you can read the context of it in your own time, says this, It is the Spirit that giveth life, or makes alive. 
The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Look, when God's word comes to you, it's life. But it doesn't transmit into your life an abundant life until you start living it. You have to live what God says. You can't just say, oh that's true, thank you very much. Yes, that, I agree with that, yes. You have to start living it. You've got to do it. Whatever he says to you, do it. Jesus said, the words that I speak unto you, they're spirit, they're life. But that life you have to adopt. You have to start living it. So many people go to church, but they don't live the life. When they walk out after the Sunday morning meeting, they go back to their old way. That's not life. The truth you heard, the life you don't live. When you come in and God speaks, you've got to make a choice. Hey, he says that, I'll do it. Then it becomes abundant life in you. You've got to do it. Whatever he says, do. It's no good just acquiescing to truth. Psalm 107. Psalm 107. Verse 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble and he saveth them out of their distresses. He sent his word and he healed them and delivered them from all their destructions. You know, when the word of God comes, it'll deliver you from all your destructions. The devil's come to destroy. You need deliverance from the devil's work, don't you? In your life. He's a thief, he's a robber, he's a killer. He's come to destroy. The thief comes, that's what he does. Jesus said, I've come that you might have life. So he sends his word. And he delivers you out of all your destructions. Look, there is one thing for sure. The one who comes to hurt us, to wound us, God has come to deliver us from them. Out of all their destructions. They're setting themselves up to destroy us. God's setting himself up to deliver us out of all our destruction. They can't destroy us. We'll destroy them. I want to tell you, you stand tall, be sure, God's on your side. He'll deliver you out of all your destructions. He sent forth his word with healing. Don't ever get upset. You're always going to get opposition in this life, in this world. God's going to deliver you out of all your destructions. Romans chapter 8. There's a couple more scriptures. Romans 8. Romans 8. Verse 11 says this, But if the Spirit of him that raised up 
Jesus from the dead dwell in you. He that raised up Christ from the dead shall also make alive your mortal body. Quicken your mortal body by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Do you know what the spirit of God does when he comes inside? He quickens your mortal body. Makes it alive. And that's part of the promise of God. If the Holy Ghost comes, he comes so you can have health. Comes to release you. Comes to make you alive. Quicken your mortal body. Don't lie down under anything. Get up. Don't feel you've got to go down. The, if the Holy Spirit's dwelling in you, he came to quicken your mortal body. He came to make it alive. We're here to be life. Every part of our being, life. Now what's your mortal body? Just skin and bone, flesh and blood, isn't it? Came to quicken it. Came to make it alive. That's why you, you need to take hold of God. Don't go and race after this and that. Health isn't in a lettuce leaf, health is in God. God came to make us alive. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4. says this, he, he answered and said in verse 4, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There's an every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, man's going to live by. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 4, verse 4. Every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God, that's when God speaks that word's life to you. Abundant life. Everything he says is life. He'll quicken your mortal body. He'll set you on fire. He'll supercharge you. That's our God. He's to bring life to us. Don't you ever get this idea that, oh, you've got to scrap and... No! Believe God. You don't need someone laying hands on you all the time. Don't need someone going around and saying, oh, you know. If the Spirit of God dwells in you, he'll quicken your mortal body. Make it alive. He sent forth his word for healing. Do you realize this morning what you've heard will be health to you? It'll be health inside of you. That's what your body's about. You want health, don't you? The Holy Ghost, when he's in you, he quickens your mortal body. Don't get this idea, somehow you've got to reach out. No, you have within all you need. Christ in you, the hope of glory. He lives in you. You're alive in him. That's what we're going to do in Bulgaria. Off we go. It's going to be a great time. I'll tell you what, we're in the National Opera House. Can you imagine that? I'm not allowed to preach. I can only speak about the songs we're going to sing and explain what they mean. 
I remember going to, going to Ghana and the government sent down an edict that I could preach in the churches but not in the open air. So the first open air meeting we showed a film and I stood up at the end and a police rule there and the army kind of thing round, a big crowd in Swedra. Uh, and so I said to them, I am not going to preach to you tonight. I want to share some testimonies. And then I proceeded to preach. And the army were happy because I didn't preach, see. I told them I wasn't preaching. I was sharing testimonies. And that's what we're going to do. Then everywhere else, boy, they'll get it from the shoulder. Ah, oh, we're going to have fun. I love it. It's a lovely place to go. But I want to ask you this morning, where are you in this? Are you one of those who walks in light? When people meet you, are you a breath of fresh air or are you a stinking sewer? Are you someone who's life or is there darkness? Do people feel when they meet you there's just an openness? Or do they find a closed, shut up, dark, sinister person? There's someone full of fun, or is there someone full of misery? Someone full of light, or someone who's dark? Someone who's part of God's body, or someone who's part of another body and slunk in? Someone who's part of the whole, and working towards one goal. Or someone who's got his own agenda. It's what counts. It's why church is wonderful. Nice to be with people who want to go the same way, isn't it? Huh? Unity of faith. Unity of purpose. Unity of heart. No little kingdom building. Hey, our one purpose is to glorify him. Heal the sick, deliver the captive, evangelize the world, raise up his name, stuff the devil, foul, filthy little fiend. It's finished. 2,000 years ago, Jesus dealt with it. Give no place to him. We're alive in God. Amen? That's the way to be. Not all this time groveling, you know. It says in my Bible, it says, you know, the Spirit of God dwells in you. He quickens your mortal body. Stop giving in. When God got you out of your pit, he got you out for good. The only problem you have is between your ears. You hear me. You won't get any help. If you don't take the help that God gives. Hmm. He always fulfills his word. Never lets anyone down. It's good. What he said. It shall be. Quicken our mortal bodies. You know. We've got a God who's good. Amen.
got a God who cares. There's healing here, right now. And miracle power, right now. That's why I got them to sing the song just earlier on, because I heard it. <coughs> Miracles. That same miracle power that flows from Calvary's tree is here. Mary, you just play the organ. Miracles. I believe in them. There's something about a miracle. Do you know he's here? He came in. As things quietened down. I just knew he was here. I know him. He came with rest and peace. He came with healing. He came to send his word. He came to do miracles. Because that's what he does. All over the place right now. His spirit is. You might not realize it. He is. He's nearer than you think. The word is nigh you. It's the word of faith which we preach. The Spirit's in you, he'll quicken your mortal body. <laughs>